Welcome back to the Cracking Night Show, the only podcast on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL. That is the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. And the good news is the regular season has started. So this isn't a predictions episode. This isn't us talking about where we think people are going to be. We actually have games to talk about. So doing the podcast, as always, is myself, Ian, and my co-host, JP. JP, how good is it that hockey is back? Dude, hockey's back, buddy. It's good feeling, right? It's so nice to have games again. Oh, it is. It is. It's so good. And um, and it always feels like the off-season is really long. It, it isn't. In reality, it's like a couple of months, but it just feels like forever because uh, we went well, we never made the playoffs. Neither team made the playoffs. I guess for us, actually, it was longer than a few months this year because we both crapped the bed. Yeah. But normally, it's only a couple of months. Right, right. Exactly. It just, it just feels like forever, you know? It does. It does. Well, we've got some good stuff to talk about today, but before we get into it, uh, and let's see if I can get our little news thing going, he says, um, if I can find the right one. I thought I would save you from embarrassment of using the one where you singing over and over again. So I thought I'd use the other news bit. And it's a bit of a joke, really, because it isn't really news. Um, but uh, I want to talk about it anyway. So we thought we'd use the jingle to start. Um, so before we get into the standings, before we start talking about real hockey, um, the NHL they announced a couple of things recently. So firstly, they announced that Adidas will not be re-upping the jersey. So there will be a new jersey manufacturer in the not too distant future i can't remember when the adidas contract runs out i feel like it's next year could be this year can't remember um but that wasn't the big news the big news was that they dropped 32 reverse retro jerseys um Mm. and we all know what the nhl is doing this is the classic well we can't change the jerseys every year so if we release some other jerseys that have no meaning whatsoever that we force the teams to wear a certain number of games per season that we will increase revenues by making people <laughs> go out and buy yet another jersey in some yeah. weird ass color with some weird ass like <laughs> fake logo on it and I mean I I will let you speak in a minute JP but on the whole like there's a couple that I was like oh that's nice and there's a few that I was like, that kind of looks like the reverse retro they did last time um, because obviously the team doesn't have it. Um, but the two teams that did have reverse retros this year, and I'm pretty certain Vegas had one last time, it was Vegas and Seattle. And there was a little bit of banter on Twitter between Vegas and Seattle because Seattle posted something to do with the the reverse retro and then vegas posted back something like can a team that's only been in existence for a year have a retro jersey and then they tweeted something else back to them which i can't remember some some witty remark back no doubt um, but it was just funny to see um, but <laughs> i mean have you rushed out to get yours jp you're not wearing it right now but i presume it's <laughs> it's pre-ordered right <laughs> I haven't pre-ordered it, but I got to say, I, I do really like it. Like it's mm. for me, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty slick design. I like it a lot better than last year's reverse retro. That red one was nice, but it never really did it for me that the new one. Uh, yeah. The black with the uh, kind of gold trim and Vegas across the front. I, I think it's pretty I quite slick like looking, it, but yeah, but I mean, you're right, man. It's, it's, it's a money grab right from the league. And you're right. Looking at all 32 jerseys, some of them pop and are definitely something new and different. And then there's a lot where they're like, well, we have to do reverse retro. So here you go. <laughs> like you, you definitely can tell some of them weren't very inspired. Oh right? my God. So the, the Detroit one is like these, these really, really naff black lines and it just says Detroit. <laughs> right, and you're like, right, Jesus right. Christ. It, it's, Did they have 24 hours to do all 32? <laughs> and again, it was like a bit like when they came up with the boy mascot. It's 10 to 5. And they're like, oh, shit, we've got Chicago and Detroit <laughs> left to right. do. So we just put their names across the front. Uh, yeah, do it. They're not going to buy it anyway. And yeah, uh, like, you can see some, you can see a bunch of guys in a room, you know, like a team of designers or people, whoever's in charge of this stuff. And they're like, guys, the deadline's tomorrow. Like, we got to do something. <laughs> Just, just go with this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus, oh, there's man. 32 of them. Not, not, you know, no one's paying attention anyway. But then, right. then there was the Seattle one. And like you kind of felt like they missed a trick here because 
everyone really likes, and obviously I have actually got my Seattle jersey on right now. Uh, everyone likes the anchor logo in the top. Oh, it's on the shoulders of the mm-hmm. two home and, and away jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. And you thought, well, that's a perfect opportunity to keep the colors the same, but move the anchor down to the center and do something a bit different, right? Right, um, right. But no, they didn't. Uh, they uh, they flipped the two colors. So rather than having a beautiful jersey, they turned it into this like sky blue monstrosity that right. just looks it's, it's it's horrible. I don't, if some people like it, you know, each to their own. If you buy it, then the NHL will love you forever. But I generally think it looks disgusting. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, it, I'm not totally turned off by it, but it's just a lukewarm for me. Like, it's like okay, they yeah, they all they did was reverse the colors, so they and they that throws off the color balance. So they didn't really take to me. It's not an op. They didn't take the opportunity to do something that really pops. Like, if you're gonna, might as well do, yeah. make it special if you're gonna do it. It just looks kind of like, like you said, yeah, they just flip the colors and it's just kind of meh, right? Like the other yeah. two jerseys definitely, obviously tons Much of better. time and love and effort went into those. This one was like kind of ticking a box, you know? I know. And you thought like, given that the retro Seattle was the Metropolitans, why didn't they do the Metropolitans yeah. jersey? Exactly. Or, Jesus Christ. Like they're called the Emerald City. So why didn't you do it in green? that everyone was fully expecting the team to be anyway before they turned right. out to be blue and everyone, you know, for obvious reasons, by the way, with it being sea-themed, hence the blues mm-hmm. um, as in the sea. But the um, for those that haven't seen the sea that think it's, you know, gray or, or black or whatever, it is blue um, and yeah. um, hence the colors. But I just... Yeah, well, yeah. where's the... That's the other question is where's the retro part? I mean, I guess, I guess maybe because it's got stripes, right? Doesn't it kind of have some horizontal stripage a little bit in the okay. pattern. You, you, like, you're, you're testing me now. I'm going to have to... I, I, just, just, I was just I'm looking at it. I think, I, I think there's a little bit of horizontal stripe, a little... I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong one, but... Oh, I no, say you, otherwise, are, you, are, you are right. It has. It does have a horizontal stripe. So I guess that gives it kind of a little bit of the retro feel maybe, but it doesn't harken back to any particular history by the looks. Oh, so like, apparently it does. So, oh, it does. So, uh, okay. Uh, we're being corrected as, as, as we record. Okay. Um, well, let's, so yeah, the Kraken said the reverse retro Jersey features the broad horizontal stripes pattern of the original Iron Men uniforms with okay. the popular lighter ice blue color. I'm not sure it's popular by the way, guys, I think you're just saying that for marketing, gracing, <laughs> gracing, gracing the shoulders and the upper chest. The deep yeah. blue color that is Seattle's home kit provides a sturdy backdrop for the already iconic S logo. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Please buy this. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have to really resort to more jerseys of varying yeah, colors man. and styles. Right. Yeah, so there you go. Well, sorry, Iron Man. Your jersey stinks. <laughs> All right. right. So. <laughs> like, for instance, um, Vegas's first reverse retro, the one they did last year, that actually had this V-shaped kind of stripe that that was did, a throwback yeah. to our old. We had an ECHL team here called the Wranglers, the Vegas Wranglers. So it was that was a tribute to that team. So it's, it harkens back to Vegas ice hockey history, right? But um, I guess I was expecting the Se- Seattle used to have a minor. Sorry, man. I can I can hear the straws being clutched from the distance you know what i mean like <laughs> these aren't it's not real it's not real history is it that's like saying well once upon a time there was a guy who had a stick that was a hockey stick who was in seattle and he wore a purple jersey so we're gonna have a pur- like it's a little bit of a stretch to me i mean this team sure. has absolutely like i understand why carolina do it Jeez, they used to be the half of whalers that makes perfect sense yeah. i understand yeah. why colorado do it they used to be the nordiques i totally get yeah. that like Vegas and, and Seattle, we didn't used to be those teams. Like we're sure. our own, we've got our own yeah. history, you know. So hence, know. hence the hence the jokes and the uh, quipping back and forth between the two social media teams, right? Because that was <laughs> yes. part of the joking was like, what you know? How could you go retro on teams that have both been around, you know, a few years each? So, <laughs> yeah, like so. you said, straws being grasped. But um, maybe that's why Vegas switched to the gold jersey. Um, which I don't agree with, by the way. I, I was a big oh, fan of either. the uh, steel grey. I love that bloody colour. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've got flurries. You can't see. I'm mean, obviously the people listening can't see it because it's not it's not live. But uh, <laughs> I've got my flurry jersey to my left here, which is the white. But I bloody love the steel grey jersey. And not that yeah, the gold too. one is horrible. It's not horrible. It is very nice as well. I just kind of liked it as the alternate. But 
Me, you know? me too. Yeah, I agree. That and my issue too is um, I don't know if you've seen it, but that since that's the new home jersey, it's made out of sparkly gold, but you really can't see <laughs> that sparkle unless you're up close. And so on television at a distance, and even in the arena at a distance. They just look kind of mustard colored. So that's always been my <laughs> bone to pick with with the quote unquote oh, gold jerseys is that sparkle is fantastic, but you can't see it from far away. So they just kind of look, end up looking yellow or mustard. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I pre- I've always preferred the steel gray. So the steel gray is going to be an alternate this year. They're still going to wear it, but, it, it you know, they released the schedule. I think it's they're going to wear it like 10 times this year or something Jesus like that. Jesus Christ. So. What world do we live in when we have a jersey schedule? A jersey schedule. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, released, they released one for the reverse retros too. Like Just here's when we're going to wear guys, retros. Today yeah. we're wearing the black. And you're like, all right, all right. <laughs> right as long exactly. as we know. Thank you, Schedule. Um, anyway, for those that new listeners, by the way, welcome to the Jersey podcast where we discuss <laughs> jerseys for, for, for nearly 12 minutes. So I apologize. <laughs> but um, a bit like the, the Chicago Blackhawks rant, I just felt that I had to, we had to talk about that, which, which, we, which we have done. Um, but now we're going to talk real hockey. So we're going to talk about... Viva Las Vegas. First, um, and you mentioned Sparkle. And you nicely set, set me up there, JP. So it's almost like we've been doing this together too long. Um, yeah. <laughs> You'd think we've worked together before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not our first time. Um, and But Sparkle is probably how I would describe two things. Um, one is the Vegas Golden Knights at the moment. And I know that the performances haven't been perfect. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But where I wanted to start, which is going to completely throw our agenda around, because this isn't the first point on the agenda that I sent you, uh, earlier is the person who in my eyes has been sparkling is the goaltending because I kind of knew from watching the games that both goalies as in Aiden Hill and um, Logan Thompson have been playing well and then I looked at their numbers now I know this is limited games before somebody tweets at me saying guys they played like three games each I, I get it but still they've got save percentages that are well over 900 and they look good like they look solid even when Vegas have looked um, I'm gonna say poor, but when they've had dodgy moments in games, the goaltending has stood up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, these guys are they're a good tandem, and it's kind of also at least right now, it's Cassidy's kind of doing like a two and one, two and one, like a like mm-hmm. um like an A and a B, right, or like an A one and an A two kind one, of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, and Hill is he's playing well enough to, to justify that. Like, uh, he's, yeah, the couple I think he's had two games and he's been outstanding and Thompson's had four, I think. And no, a totally pleasant surprise. And I think absolutely what everybody was hoping for. I'll say like people were definitely when Hill came in, fans were definitely like, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. But I think Hill <laughs> is, you know, cause Hill, obviously his NHL career so far has not, he hasn't had stellar numbers. That being said, he, has been on some pretty, you know, he, he was on the sharks and he hasn't really had a chance to shine. And I think this is one of those situations where management saw like, that's a goalie whose numbers don't bear out what he's capable of because of the context. Um, I think that's why they picked him up. And I, and we're kind of seeing that here. He's a better goal. He's a better goalie than significantly better goalie than I think his NHL career has borne out so far. And, um, it's only a couple of games, right. But, um, and then, yeah, obviously Logan Thompson has been stellar. Like this is what everybody was hoping for from that guy. And, uh, wow, he he's, yeah, he's, he's got it, man. He's bonafide NHLer. Like I think, and this isn't like he's, he's not had easy games and Mm -hmm. it's not like he's had games where he's faced 20 or 30 shots you know, mm-hmm. and they've been easy to be from the point. There've been ones where it's just stick out of legs. Like some of the saves, especially in the last couple of games, actually. You know, oh yeah, these are saves that are highlight like real that, stuff. Oh yeah, that if his his predecessor had been pulling off these saves, people would have been saying this is why he's elite. So, right. you know, like I said, most of us were hoping that he would um, that he would he would be this level, but I don't think we thought he would be this straight out the gate. So. Mm. Yeah, and hats off to him, and long may it continue. Absolutely, like I said, he, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's made it known <laughs> publicly a time or two that he doesn't, he does not care so much for, you know, some of the criticism or the lack of faith in him. I personally think 
I, I, nobody has been, ter- as far as I can tell, nobody's been terribly mean to him, but I personally do think it's understandable that people would not be super confident going in just because it his, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience, but Hey, that's great. If he takes that and uses that as fuel to say like, well, I'll show you what I can do. That's great. I mean, that's that kind of fuel is, is what drives people to succeed. And I'm all for it. I, I think he's, yeah, he's, he's been not a surprise, but he's been exceeding even what most of us expected, I think, so far in terms of like yeah. we thought, okay, he'll be good, but he'll have to settle in. Like, no, he's great right now. So he is great. And Vegas are great. I mean, I know some people haven't liked some of the games and some people haven't liked, you know, periods within the performances where things have maybe been, there's been leads that have been squandered and that kind of stuff. Mm. But as mm. we record today, and it's the 23rd of October, um, they are six six games played. They've won four lost two with eight points and remembering the sloppy start out of the gate last time round I think this is you know we, you know you kind of said it last year JP but you'd be right to say it again this year at the moment it's just you know when you start a season you're not always going to start seven and0 so it's about just being consistently better than you are worse right which is a bit of a weird way of saying being well over 500 but if you can be 600 plus at this time of the season you know you're doing well Absolutely. And uh, it's worth mentioning that the two games that they lost were against arguably two of the best teams in the league. And uh, they were extremely close games. Like the Calgary game, the Knights were leading 2-0. And it's because ultimately their problem, which a lot of teams have this problem right now, is they just haven't quite turned in a complete game, like a full 60. They still had some moments where they got kind of weak. And that's that's why they lost to Calgary. They were up 2-0. They gave up the lead. Calgary came back and took it. And then last night's game against the Avalanche, super, super close game the entire time. And honestly, the Knights, like the the, the Avalanche were under siege for most of the third period, Uh, but they they just managed to hold on. And uh, that's how it goes sometimes, right? Super close game. But um, um, I watching those games. I said in a seven game series, these two teams would be neck and neck. This would go seven. (laughs) watching it so they happen mm-hmm. to lose those two but I, i'm not discouraged by it they were every bit as strong a match for both of those teams watching the games it's just sometimes it goes their way and sometimes it goes yours right like a one goal game that could go any direction so i'm super positive on where the knights are right now oh, they're so deep i mean we got <laughs> there's knights where marcia yep. and carlson are on the third line can you imagine that's the third line that's rolling out at you? I mean, like teams can't keep up. It's just wave after wave after wave. And the fourth line's outstanding. They're looking great. They are. They are. And this is kind of when, when Eichel was traded, me and you were talking about the fact that this meant that they were going to have three lines of elite forwards. And I kind of fear at the time was, how are they going to get all of this to work, still keep Riley Smith, still keep Carlson? And, you know, and hats off to McCrimmon because he did. And... You know, it obviously slightly helped, obviously, by by Lena, um, you know, and losing that contract because obviously Logan Thompson is on a considerably cheaper deal than Lena was on. But mm-hmm. you look at those top three lines, and in fact, all four lines actually, you know, like Cotter, to be there's just there's not one bit at the moment I don't like, but I would agree with you that I just think there's a little bit of tidying up of certain bits. There's a few things where it's a little bit sloppy or people. You know, there's a little miscommunication between defensemen. And and I think that's kind of to be expected when you've got a new team, essentially, under a new coach, you've got new systems, new ways of playing. Um, but the one thing I really wanted to see, and I want to get your opinion on this, but the power play, to me, and look, I'm not, obviously, I'm a Vegas sympathizer, I have to be, um, and I do watch all the games, but I don't watch, you know, 60 minutes every time. But to me, the power play feels like it's better it feels like it's, I know it's a small sample size, but it feels effective, which it never did last season. I agree. I agree. I think it's more, definitely more effective. They're, they have much easier time with zone entries. I am seeing them establishing themselves in the zone, like you said, and they're able to actually uh, get extended zone time during the power play, actually pass the puck around, move it effectively, and actually get you know some shots on goal. Um, right. It, it has it resulted in scoring as often as it, as we would like to see it no but i don't think there's any doubt that it's an improvement over last season and yes um if this is where they're starting i think there's potential for the power play to do what it should do which is 
you know, be, be an effective contributor to the overall production of the team. It, it looks good. It looks aggressive. It looks organized, right? It looks like there's a clear plan and they know what they're supposed to be doing. I feel like the power play just looked disjointed all of last season. Like, it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. They look like they don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. It just looked, um, it just looked like a bit of a mess a lot of the time, which, you know, given all those injuries and they never had the same units out there, like they were fighting an uphill battle, but I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, I, I think it's uh, definitely improved. And and I, I don't know how many you, you're the stat guy. They have scored a few <laughs> power play, you know, maybe a couple, like there have been some power play goals in there, I think, but uh, that's fine. Not as, not as many as you'd like. I don't think their percentage is real high yet, but six games into the season, it's, not a big enough sample size either, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm digging it. I'm digging the penalty kill too. While you're looking up that stat, um, <laughs> the, the penalty kill is, uh, like we talked about before is more of a box or a, or a wedge system. It's more of a zone defense kind of situation where it's conservative and you have, you know, kind of four guys protecting the middle and a lot of teams employ that, but, um, it seems to be working pretty well. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy with 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 what I see so far. Did you find the the number there? What's the uh, I did not. No, so I'm afraid I failed in my attempt to pick a stat man. <laughs> and, That's okay. Uh, <laughs> NHL.com. When I clicked on the more stats box, it came up with URL not found, and I was like, "Thanks, uh, gotcha. guys." That's that's on <laughs> so, the NHL um, then. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, for my comments about the reverse retros, they've blocked me from all the NHL sites. That's it. Uh, They're coming after off us. Their clear money making. <laughs> game um so so we talked about what's went what's gone well um but this is this is a balanced podcast and a shout out by the way to our obviously we always shout out to our returning listeners because we love all of you guys and those of you that get are interactive with us on twitter as well and you know who you are um you are legends of course um but we have actually got some new listeners jp which is amazing we? so we do we do and um which is great I mean, we've seen a few quite a few new listeners that have that obviously you've joined us during our off season, uh, which are now going to be like, Jesus Christ, these guys update all the time. Whereas before, <laughs> before we were not. Um, but so hello to all of you. Um, but you know, with this podcast, JP, we like balance. So we've talked about what's gone well, but, and I know it's early days, but what for you at the moment has not gone well for the Vegas Golden Knights? If anything, what, what haven't I liked in terms of, hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah i feel like okay it's a new defensive system right um Mm -hmm. that they're employing under cassidy and i feel like there have definitely been some times where they've given up they've given up goals based on marking like man marking or zone marking like they're you know sometimes the other team's just good and they earn the goal right if everybody's in the position that they're going to be in and it's an amazing slap shot from the point that's perfectly placed Sometimes you can't blame that on anything other than, well, that was an outstanding shot and there was no stopping it, right? And sometimes, you know, sometimes goals are going to be like that, but there have definitely been mm-hmm. situations where a team has scored on the rush or something uh, where you can clearly see like, okay, Colazar, you know, did not have his man there or Colazar was not in the right position. There, and, and that's, you know, I think they're still learning the Cassidy systems. They're still getting used to what Cassidy wants and, um, so if anything, I, st- I and I think that's going to happen with time, but for me, there's just times when defensively, they're not quite as, uh, shored up and as confident in the back as you'd like to see them be. But, um, I don't know that that's necessarily anything to worry about too much. I think under the circumstances, if you consider these guys have been playing together under this system now for six games, plus a couple of preseason games, um, but that's that's what I'm seeing, you know. I, offense, yeah. I don't. I'm not concerned about offense at all. No, like off, offensively speaking, scoring. They're scoring a ton of goals. They're getting a ton of opportunities. I mean, I can't remember which team, but one of these games they had 50 plus shots on goal. Um, so, so really, if anything, for me, yeah, just de- defensively, I would like to see them tighten that up a little bit. That's probably my my biggest sore point so far. Yeah, I think that was the Winnipeg game. Yeah, um, I think so. I've obviously yeah. nicely avoided the talking about the Seattle game. I was going to um, let you. Uh, I was going to let you bring uh, that up. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. When Cheers. we get to Cheers, this, friend. when we so <laughs> when we start talking about Seattle, we'll we can cover that game. <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. But um, you're right. Probably defensively, I think it's probably the only area that I would point to. I mean, offensively, Jesus Christ! I mean, you guys look like you can score for fun. 
um, mm. and of, score yeah, your way out of, of trouble. And I think that kind of mixture of having goals and having goaltending is kind of gets means that the defense has got a bit of a get out. You know what I mean? It's not the end of the world if you let a sloppy goal in. Um, right. Well, I've got uh, Petrangelo in my fantasy team, and I can tell you that uh, so far his numbers are not winning me any trophies this year. So there yeah. are certainly defensively, from a plus-minus perspective, there is a uh, a little bit of work to do for for uh, for Vegas on sure. that side. But you know, sure, and you got to consider. Days. You got to consider too, like Nick Haig. This is a little bit of news that you know we hadn't discussed last time. You know, Nick Haig finally got a contract, and I kind of yeah. figured that might happen that it would come together like right before the season started. So that's the other thing. You know, Haig didn't even—I don't think he even didn't get a preseason team. Yeah, he didn't no? get to do so. This is brand new for him. So it's yeah. and he didn't play the season opener. I don't think, but but then he no. but then he played starting second game. So you got one of your main defensive core guys who this is a, he's just now trying Cassidy's systems. Um, mm. So when one out of your six didn't even get a preseason, um, yeah, I think it's just going to take a minute. And the fact that there's still, you know, f- four wins, two losses in spite of that. Um, great. It's definitely it's not, great. not time to hit the panic button. Like, I think it's going to be all right. Oh, you know? no, definitely not. Um, yeah. And the Nick Hay deal. I mean, that's such a good deal. We don't really talk about that on the pre thing because it kind of got signed in between our episodes. But you know, two years, I think it's two point something million. I mean, it's it's a good deal. I mean, like that is a team friendly deal when the guy is clearly a top four defenseman. So, um, you know, I mean, that and White Cloud being on the deals that they're on, that's there'd be a lot of teams out there that would kill to have those two defensemen for under combined, I think, under five million. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good. Good deal. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now, talking over the questions, so I've got two, well, one last question actually for this. I think you've probably answered the others, but Jack Eichel, there's a lot of pressure on him. That's safe to say that. Um, there's a lot of pressure on what his numbers are going to be. People are expecting him to take that next step. They're expecting him to have the whole season being fit. And and so far, I, I you know, I'll at least give your thoughts, but I like what I'm seeing. But I kind of feel like with him, he he seems like you don't know about playing with a chip on his shoulder. I kind of feel like he is playing with a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't, which is not a bad thing. But he seems he seems pumped for this season. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's charged up. No no doubt about it. And if you think about it, after all of that stuff, all of that stress, the injury, everything that went on with Buffalo, the difficulty of getting, you know, sort of moving on from that team. And then yeah. joining this team last year in the middle of a real rough season, he broke his thumb. Like he got another injury last year. Yeah. He's ready. He's so mm-hmm. ready. It's like, put me in coach. You know, he's <laughs> not that he needs to be put in, but you know what I'm saying? Like he is chomping yeah. at the bit to play and it absolutely shows. And, um, I'm just looking at his stats here. Um, he's got a couple of goals, hasn't he? I think he's got three, uh, three goals, four yeah. assists, and he's the, so he's leading the team in points, um, seven points. Um, Check so, out the like, stat we, man over there, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I figured I would. <laughs> since the NHL seems to be banning you from their site, I figured I'd jump on there. Uh, he's exactly what we said he was going to be. Remember, we said he's a good for a point a game or more, and he's already exceeding that average. And... Um, for me, Eichel is is hundred percent living up to expectations, if not starting to exceed them. And you can see it; he is so fast. Like the, his presence on the ice when he gets the puck, you can feel a difference. Like he, there's something about the way he moves. And I mean, we know this, right? But it's the first time we've really gotten to see him plugged into a very good, healthy team as well. Like last year, he was playing, mm. you know, amongst a, a bunch of guys who were limping their way through the rest of the season, himself included. So, hmm. um, it's exciting. It was a good, it was a good, uh, good trade, you know, good move by management in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And it is, it is exciting because I think this is the first time in Eichel's career now where he has the ability to kind of show the doubters that he hmm. is, he, you know, he should be in the top 10 in the NHL conversation that he should be in the, you know, in, in the, uh, presence of people like Makar and Matthews and Marna and, and other kind of young superstars that, that get the light far more than Eichel does. Um, oh, yeah. you know, Big time. possibly because of the teams that they play on, but also because, 
you know they haven't had the injury setbacks and uh, that uh, the Eichel's had. So it's fantastic mm-hmm. to see, and I kind of feel like this is where Cassidy's a good coach for him because Cassidy comes across to me like he's not he's kind of a no nonsense guy, and I think someone like Eichel having somebody. I don't want to use the term father figure, but that kind of almost like it's just going to not tell you what you want to hear. It's just going to tell you the truth kind of management. Yeah. I could see Cassidy being very much like that. And I think, you know, young players, and he still is young. People forget that, but he is still young. I know he came into the league when he was really young, but he is still a young guy, you know, and having that, yeah. I think, will help him. Def- definitely. And and it's clear you're talking about Cassidy. Cassidy, well, he should because he's brand new here, but he... Cassidy definitely has the ears of the locker room. Like Mm. that was apparent towards the end of last season that, that DeBoer had lost to the locker room, I think. And I think that was a big part of why they had to move on. They're not going to come out and say that management's never going to come out and say, well, DeBoer lost the locker room. So we have to let him go. They're just simply not going (laughs) to say that, but it was clear (laughs) that there was enough hard feelings and it was a hard enough, stressful enough season. There was just enough going on that DeBoer no longer had the ears and the minds of the guys. Not, and that's not to say anything bad about DeBoer. These things happen, you know, sometimes that that's just what happens. And, you know, based on a lot of different circumstances, and then you can't, you can't refresh that, you know, and Cassidy clearly has the team motivated. Like after the loss to Calgary, it was pretty clear by the next game, they were extra charged up, um, and I'm sure Cassidy let them know and, and they listened. And, um, so, and same, yeah, like you said with Eichel, he's, uh, it's good because he was at Boston for so long and Boston did so well. I think he has a longer shelf life with a team mm-hmm. than some coaches. A lot of coaches are good for two or three years. I think he's the kind of coach that could stick around for five, six, seven years and still have the team motivated, at least based on his history. That's what it seems like. So. We're going to flick over to the boys in blue and talk about Seattle for a little bit. And before we go into some of the other points I've got that I want to raise here, let's talk about the Seattle-Vegas game um, because it probably summarizes a lot of what I've seen in Seattle for the first six games. So again, as we record this podcast, and the Seattle Kraken are in fact playing the Chicago Blackhawks as we speak. So I'm trying to avoid the result or the current results. So it's obviously ongoing. Um, but they are six games played and they are two, two and two. So we're at 500, two wins, two losses, two overtime losses. Um, and that probably in a nutshell is a great way of summing up how the Kraken have been. Um, I mean, the first things first, are they better than last year? Yes, and that is that is guaranteed. They are better than last year. It was hard to be worse, but we were we are better than last year. But there's still some issues, and we saw that in the Vegas game because you now Vegas really tore us apart. You know, the fact that we got a couple of goals to make it look somewhat competitive probably was uh, made the result look a little kinder than it than it than it was. Um, I mean, I know JP, I get your thoughts, but. To me, you can see the difference of the two organizations as to where the two where the two organizations are. Uh, we have a few dangerous players, whereas you have a few dangerous lines. You know what I mean? Like we're kind of hoping that Bjorkstrand or Burakovsky is going to pull it out for us because they are clearly our best players. Um, Yanni Gord is probably in that same conversation, and. Whereas you guys, that's, that's like one of three lines. I mean, like Burakovsky at Vegas probably is on the third line, right? Whereas right. for us, he's still our top player. And I think when we play the big clubs, I, I, you know, that, is, that is disappointing. The weirdness for for me is we go and blow a tire against you guys. And I think when me and you spoke before during the week about it, I think the way you summed it up is that every team has a stinker. And that was a stinker for us. Right. But then we go and beat the Avalanche. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Where like, <laughs> like, and I'm watching this. So I'm right. watching this game, and I've I've got my son next to me, and um, you know, we we go and win this game, and I turn around to to, to my son and said, I don't know how the hell that happened because, yeah. yeah, like only the other day we looked like, you know, like the defense was was still in the preseason. You know, it was just looked awful, and then we play a game where. 
we just des- and we deserve to win. Great to see Carson Coleman, by the way, getting the game-winning goal because I ca- I really I really like this kid. He's not the best kid in the world. He's not he's not like super skilled. He's a proper fourth line guy, but I just love his heart. I love the way that like he he just gives it all and a bit like what you see from Tanav, I suppose, and, and a few others on the team. But he's it, great to see him get the winner. And you go and beat the Stanley Cup champions. And I think it's games like that make me have hope that this season can still be a competitive season. Um, but there's there's the issues. There's still some issues there. I mean, Martin Jones being a backup. Jesus. Wow. I mean, in the game against <laughs> the Avalanche, he came in because Grubauer got injured. I don't know what Grubauer's injury is. I don't know if he's playing tonight either. He probably isn't. Um, Martin Jones came in and faced one shot. And I thought, thank God. Because Shit right. <laughs> like, he, can't, he can't save. And the, the puck could be a beach ball and he'd still let it in. I mean, this like, I'm not... You know, Martin Jones ever listens to this podcast, he's going to go and be like, that guy Ian really doesn't like me. And like, not personal, but I do, I do think generally that um, that the faster that, that we can get somebody Driga back, the better. And I know he's probably he is almost definitely out all season, which is disappointing. Um, but right. Joey Decord must be sat in um, Coachella <laughs> thinking, really, <laughs> like right. this guy is is the buff <laughs> right. there, and, I, and I'm sat down here wearing these beautiful Firebirds jerseys, um, right. and. Um, but but yeah, but then we've seen the same old Grubauer. Like Grubauer's save percentage is still in the eight hundreds. Yeah, I was kind of hoping after the preseason, where he was lights out in the preseason, mm-hmm. and I know it's a small sample size, so I don't want to write off Grubauer before we've got to like ten games played. But if we can't get goaltending, JP, like that's it. Like you can't be in this league with with no goaltending. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Jones was in net against the Knights as well, wasn't he? Or was that, I thought I thought it was Jones and then they pulled him, I think is what happened. But um, <laughs> so yeah. it, it's it, it's like I said. Sounds it, standard. <laughs> yeah, it's a, every, we, there's an ongoing joke in Vegas about pulling Jones. Like every time we play a team where Martin Jones is in net, he gets pulled. Like that happened with the Sharks <laughs> a bunch. And so there's an ongoing, it's happened like six times or something. So yeah. Um, so but you think if they of, knew that, they would have played right. Rubauer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor Martin Jones. Although the strange thing is Martin Jones, you know, went all the way to the Western Conference final with the Sharks under DeBoer. They had the worst goaltending in the league that year, and somehow they still mm-hmm. made it to the Western Conference final. And he has but, a Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, think of, it's think so, of the greats of our sport that will yeah. retire without a Stanley Cup ring. I think like Joe Thornton, who will, who will right. never win a Stanley Cup, right? Yeah. And he and he did. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, he's, yeah, what do he's, I know? It's, it's more than a lot of guys could say. So, but, um, yeah, so that the game against Vegas, I agree. Like, it, like we talked about before, it's a, a bit of a stinker, right? So it's not, they could play the Knights again and it could be a much closer game. There's so much parody in the league. Cause right. You said they turned around and beat the abs. I think where the difference comes in is the teams that are that, like you said, kind of the teams that are the giants, the teams that are super deep and super hard to play against sit even on a bad night for them, even on their nights where they're not firing on all cylinders, they can still pull out a win a lot of times. And I think the difference with Seattle yeah. is yeah, yeah, Seattle yeah. has to be, everything has to be clicking and that's how they beat the abs. They had a game where everything was clicking. They were making it happen. Mm-hmm. And so Seattle really how well they do this season is going to come down to how consistently can they be motivated and focused when they're motivated and focused though. Like you said, it's, it's a league of parody and they can beat anybody, right? They, I mean, the avalanche, my gosh, like that's, I was impressed, especially right after the game against the Knights. So I, I agree with you. There's no doubt Seattle has improved. Um, and I think it's, um, I think it's an exciting year for potential here. Like right now they're third in the division. I know it's early, but that's great. I mean, hell, I took a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Third. It's still third in the division, six games in, you know? Um, So it's, uh, I'm seeing some very positive things. I agree with you. Playoffs, baby. So um, (laughs) it would be nice to see somebody other than Jones as the backup, but it would anybody. Um, so, uh, what's that, what's that rule where you can get somebody from the crowd? What's it called? The emergency backup? Yeah, the, like, what do they uh, call that? The, the guy that or whatever can, they call it. Yeah. That plays like the plays backup for either team, depending on, uh, if what happens. Yeah. 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 There must be times where, uh, where the, 
who I asked was looking around at the fans thinking, surely somebody's got their pads with them. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> take Martins. Um, anyway, right, so right. The, uh, the, but defensively, you know, joking aside with the goaltending, I kind of struggle to put all of it on Jones and Grubauer because I think defensively Seattle have still been very weak. Um, if I'm going to call people out for not being good enough, um, and, and, and I am going to do it now, um, it is... 100%. Vince Dunn, I, I want to see more from him. I know he's an offensive defenseman, but you still have to defend, right? That's that's kind of part of the job. Yes, mm-hmm. normally yeah. those guys are better going forward, but Vince, your numbers are not good enough going forward to be that bad going backwards. Uh, right. Alexiak, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, I know he's known as a big rig, but he sometimes when he's turning, that's exactly what it looks like. You know, he's so slow that in this league, people just run rings around him. The amount of times I've seen the goal, you know, you go in the back of the net and I'm looking at who the defensive pairing is because that's my go-to thing. So I'm normally watching the highlights, you know, or, or watching the replay of the game because for those of you that haven't worked it out, I'm British and the times you guys play in America do not work for me. So <laughs> I watch the game, right? <laughs> and, uh, and the goal goes in. I always do the same thing. The first thing my eyes are drawn to is, which two bloody defensemen were out for that one? And I look at right. the numbers and find the numbers. And um, and you know, Alexiak has been out for a lot of. He's you know he's been on the ice for a lot of goals this year. And I, I just think when you're paying a guy five and a half, I think million pounds a year, he is barely a five or six D right now on most teams. He is not a top four defenseman, and that's a real concern for me because he's on a very large and long contract. You know, some of the other guys I'm quite happy with. I think Will, Will Borgen is playing fantastic. The, the I say he's young, he's like 25, 26, but, you know, I guess in defensive terms, still young. He's playing well. Um, you know, I, I like what Larson kind of brings. I still think we need to see a little bit more from him, but it's, yeah, Vince Dunn, Alexiak, Susie. You know, I just, I can't help feeling like Grubauer's numbers would be a lot better if he didn't have such a weak defense in front of him. I think yeah. Seattle's got better because we can now score. So we, yeah. we try and outscore our problems at the back, which when we were supposed to be a defensive first team, which is what Ron Francis drafted, you know. I mean, yeah. Vince Dunn was taken instead of Tarasenko. I know we've mentioned it before, but, you know, you're looking at him now thinking, Jesus, that was a swing and a miss, you know. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you, that brings up an important point. Goaltending numbers do rely; it's symbiotic. They rely on the defense that's in front of you. So it's it's you, part part of it's Grubauer, maybe, but but you, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to pin it all on him. Which, yeah, it is fascinating, right? Because we that's what we were talking about leading up to last season was oh, this is a defensive s- system. This is a defense first system. That's the way the team is built, a la. The Islanders under trots, yes. you know, a la yeah. Dallas, <laughs> not Dallas anymore because DeBoer is the coach and that's, he's not a defense first guy, but, um, right. And like when, <laughs> Mo- like yeah. when Montreal went to the Stanley cup final, that was the defense first system. That's what we were expecting to see. And now yeah. I think you're right. They've had to, ch- they've had to change gears, sort of shift gears a little bit here and, and, uh, tweak the team accordingly. Right. It's, it doesn't seem like a defense first system as much now, but they have a little more firepower no. than they did before too. So. Too. And last thing for me on Seattle is is Matty Benias. I mean, the kid. I was going to ask you looks about him. Yeah, I want really to see good. what you thought. I mean, he, yeah. he's. I don't want to check out his stats now because it might tell me if he scored today. But he he was a point per game, you know. And this is point per game since he joined the league, not a point per yeah. game this season. Um, right. And I just I just love the way he plays. Like he's got mm. skill and he's got speed, but most of his goals are like the dirty rebound goals which yeah. you want. You want your center to be able to, and he's not a big guy either. It's not like he's this kind of seven foot, you know, mm-hmm. kind of Jack guy, the guy off um, the Canadians. He's not like this beast of a man. I mean, he's he's just an average NHL average sized center who, who who doesn't mind getting in those kind of dirty areas. And I've, I've been really impressed from what I've seen from him. I kind of was yeah. worried he might take a step back this season because he played a couple of games last season. But actually, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I, he looks the real deal and it's funny really with draft picks because everyone puts so much hope on the first overall and being is obviously was, was second, I think second or third overall 
our first season. I should better remember when we when we drafted. I think it was second, but uh, I can't remember. Um, but he definitely wasn't the first overall, and because uh, that was Owen Power. And the I just yeah, I'm, I, I think he's got a really really high ceiling, and the fact that he's playing quite happily top line minutes at his age for the franchise. Ignore this season, but for the franchise, it's such a great great asset to have. Oh, big time. And there's no way he's hit his ceiling yet. Like it's only going to get better oh. for him, I would think, barring yeah. some cataclysmic thing, you know, injury or something like that. Like he's, it's only going to improve for him. And um, like you said, rebound goals, kind of greasy goals in the blue paint. Like these are important things for really important. A team needs to have a couple mm-hmm. of guys that are really good at doing that kind of thing. And we, we all know, like, I know we're talking down the road here, but but it's, you know, this is, we're talking about the future of the, of the franchise here. Um, that's what wins team Stanley cups. That's what yep. gets teams really deep in the playoffs is the ability to score those kind of goals, right? You're going to get your slap shots, your snapshots. You're going to get your, you know, uh, wide open net power play goals. Those are going to happen. But the teams that usually get over the hump are the ones that can score those greasy ones in close where it's messy. And it's like, you just muscle the puck into the net basically. And a guy who who's in the right, po- it's about positioning too, right? He's got mm-hmm. good hockey sense because he knows how to be in the right spot. Um, he knows, you know, where he needs to be to give himself a good chance to score those kind of goals. So it's, uh, no, I, I, I agree. I think he's a huge asset for the team and cheap, right? They're always so cheap when they're, <laughs> these rookies they don't young, cost yeah. anything, right? So it's like, <laughs> they well, cost almost nothing. So it's great. He's going to cost it, it eventually, but <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And then it gets to year three yeah. and you can see the, 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 the finance guys start there, he starts sweating and thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, how many <laughs> exactly. eights is this number going to have? Exactly. So, and every uh, time, yeah. every time he scores a goal, like every time he has a great game, that, that dollar amount <laughs> is creeping up, right? Ka-ching. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's you earning his stock. <laughs> Yeah. me to use it so uh <laughs> there is one last thing so i wanted to end the podcast with something and uh, for listeners new and old we are we are back baby we are back to doing what we do best every week so we're going to be back every every sunday when we record be released on a wednesday um so we are now back to doing virtually every week and there will be some times that generally every week so we'll have stuff to talk about of course um but i do want to finish with one last thing and it's to do with the standings <laughs> Right. So, and um, you didn't know we had a live studio audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, but the um, the thing was the fact that who is bottom currently? Actually, maybe of the league. Oh, they are. It was even funnier. So currently, the standings of the NHL team thirty two with two points, seven games played. One win and six big fat L's is no other than the San Jose Sharks. So good to see San Jose pulling their weight around. Followed only by, with six games played, zero wins, four losses, and two overtimes, the Vancouver Canucks. So even better. So there we go. If it can stay like that, for the rest of the season, I will be a happy, happy man. And they oh, may get man. the first Bo- overall pick, but, you know, it'll be worth both, it. Both teams, number arguably number one rivals, uh, taking residence in the basement. I got no oh, problem with that. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, just, you know, like, they can't even blame on Martin Jones because he's with us. So exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. their own problems. No scapegoating <laughs> here. Yeah, both of them no. rocking a... Point one something uh, win percentage. Point one four three for the Sharks. I'm looking at here, and point one six seven for Vancouver. Mm. So happy days. So, that new general manager of the Sharks is uh, sitting there thinking, "This was not what I thought I was taking on." <laughs> so <laughs> what have I done exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It makes us happy if no one else. So I know so San Jose Sharks fans that listen to this podcast. I would question why you are listening to this podcast exactly but thank what you, are you for listening here? nevertheless but we will continue <laughs> to take the mickey for the entire season as long as you stay bad we will continue to use all the laughing stuff that we can exactly so, this is schadenfreude at its best <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so right that is that is us for this week um is it's always a big week in the nhl 
the teams. No doubt there'll be more for us to talk about. If it's anything like what we saw last year, we're going to have ups, downs, left and rights. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. If you don't subscribe to the show, please do. So you stay on top of everything that we do. As I said, we are back now to doing this weekly. Um, and we have a Twitter account as well. There's two Twitters to get in touch with. They're both in the show notes to save me uh, to save me reading it off now. But if you want to get in touch with us, follow us on that. We always do drop something before the show to say if there's any questions you want to ask, you can. But if you DM us stuff, topics, questions, anything, look, we do this for you guys and that's why we love all the interaction that we get online and we love the feedback that we get because it's, it's why we do this like me and jp would talk hockey anyway but the reason why we recorded and put it out is because we want to do something for the two clubs that we love so much so um so yeah so until next week stay safe let's hope that the results stay positive and let's hope that san jose stay in the basement so we'll see you then bye bye